abuse of any kind. These can cause anger, rage, and then it just spills over naturally into how do I compensate for this? How do I protect myself from this? And next thing you know, we're slipping over the boundaries in relationships with the people we love and assuming the right to make decisions that aren't ours to call. Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on the Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. You know, I'm around you sometimes, and I can see that you're getting really bothered when you're around certain type of people. Oh, I don't ever get bothered by anybody. And <laughs> what, I'm sure I don't bother anybody Do you know what either. I'm going to say? Of course I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what, what category of people really push my buttons? High-controlling people. <laughs> I, as soon as what it begins, it? I'm thinking, oh, no. It's, it's like something happens it's to me. It's like I want to rebel. It's like anything they say, I want to do the opposite. <laughs> and they're often well-meaning people, but there's something that happens inside me. I get pretty feisty. Yeah, you do. You get a little scared, do you? I'm like, oh, no, what's he going to do or say? You, that doesn't happen to you? Mine's probably, I keep mine inside a little more than you might. But I feel like I have been controlling to you in some ways. Well, Over let's the talk, years, for sure. Let's talk about that later. We've got Tim <laughs> Kimmel, Dr. Tim Kimmel, in the studio of Family Life for another day talking about uh, high-control yes. people. Now, Tim, you're not a high-control person. Well, That's not I, why we're talking actually, about this. I actually think I'm very capable of being it, too. And I know when I, you know, obviously I wrote a book about it, and I'm in the book. As I said, <laughs> as I said, I'm an equal opportunity offender when I write this book because I wanted to make sure that we all next, we all struggle with it. Well, you, we said yesterday that yeah. everyone has yeah. this in yeah, we all have it. And some of it's just self-preservation. But, you know, when you said you you have a problem, with it, you you were designed to have a problem with it because, see, God hey. didn't. Oh, God did you now that? you're enabling it. I could tell her that. She's always yeah. like, really? What do you mean by that? When, when you think when we were made in God's image as image bearers, we were not made to be controlled. Mm. We're made to cooperate. We're made to uh, live within the boundaries and and make a contribution. But the reason you bristle is because high controllers don't bring the best out of a situation. That's That's true. That is so true. Yeah. And so the problem is when that high controller is me or you. (laughs) (laughs) And then we realize, well, you know, in in, in high cost of high control in the book, we talk about what to do if you are the controller or if you're the controlee. And and you're dealing with it, and, and we kind of deal with it from both sides. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday you gave us a definition. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that real quick. Okay. But today, let's get into the why. Sure. High control is when I leverage the strength of my personality or my position against your weaknesses in order to get you to meet my selfish agenda. And so that we're right where we discounts normal parenting. Mm-hmm. It's not a selfish agenda. I'm, you know, I'm just going to do things that a good mother or father do. There's places in in marriage where, because a, a healthy marriage is both uh, dependent, independent, and interdependent. Mm. That's a healthy one. And yeah. So there are places where we do it. But once we do that, though, 
it just brings the worst out of the situation. And I want to have a family picture where the where the smiles are real. You probably remember this. Uh, we watched, Ann and I watched Gary Smalley mm-hmm. on VHS. Yeah. Way, way back. Probably back yeah. in 1980. 80s. Late 80s. Yeah, yeah. You probably remember this. It was one of the first times they ever had like a VHS of a a person communicating and you could learn from him. But I remember him walking through different styles of parenting mm-hmm. and saying, which are the best? And I'll never forget this. He said, a high controlling parent yields the worst results. Right, right. You know, and you sort of think, no, 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 if you, if you control, he said, no, the worst results. Mm-hmm. And you think, you mean a, a totally permissive parent that lets their kids do anything gets better results? He goes, actually, yes. <laughs> it's Neither are the best. Right. Yeah. But compared to high control, high control is, it does, like you well, say, have a high well, cost. Let me add a dynamic. If that high-controlled parent is an outspoken Christian, mm. it really brings the worst out of a kid. Why is that? Well, because, here, I, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, and they're sucking the wind out of every day. You'll know the truth, and it will set you free, and they're in prison. And so it's just a walking contradiction mm. of the very gospel we say we represent. Mm. By the way, you know, another form, and we'll, we'll get into this um, in the causes, is fear-based parenting does the same thing. Yeah. I think your book, Grace-Based Parenting, I read that when our kids were Mm -hmm. younger. I thought, this is extraordinary. And it really did change my Mm -hmm. style of parenting because I realized, like, oh, I'm kind of that controlling parent Mm -hmm. instead of that grace-based parent. Mm -hmm. And it was all because of fear. Is that that why? Well, let's, yeah, let's. I control people. Are high controlling? Are they fearful? Why do we control? I unpack the five main reasons. The, The very first one is what I call toxic fear. Yeah. It's interesting how you can take legitimate things that have a, a very legitimate role, and you put the word toxic in front of it, mm. and it changes everything. Because fear is one of the gifts that God gave us. Yeah. And when used properly, it's a, one of our best friends. It saves our lives. It saves our lives. Yeah. yeah. But when we allow it to take the point position in our life— mm. And it's in the driver's seat. And it's basically the the presupposition that is determining everything that's happening underneath it. That's fear-based parenting or fear-based living. And I'm sorry, but all bets are off now <laughs> yeah. on uh, joy, uh, a sense of secure relationships, all these things. And by the way, as I say this, I want to say this so carefully because— we're in the hope business here at <laughs> Family Life Radio. Right. <laughs> and yeah, that's what you guys are trying to do every time you get on there. And and we just might have sucked the air out of some people mm-hmm. because they say, well, that's me. Well, if, if this is any consolation, get in line. There's a lot of us <laughs> in that line. But at the same time, we don't want to stay in that line. Yeah. Because fear, to- toxic fear, I-, I like to say it like this. Fear is like a loaded gun. You know, it, it's real handy if someone's trying to kill you, but it's very dangerous just lying around. Mm-hmm. It falls into the four-letter word category uh, when we think of the cliche of that, when when we don't handle it it right. And, and, and it can turn us into sophisticated high controllers. In the book, I tell a story of a young man who watched his mother. He knew she was cheating on his father. Mm. And... Um, you know, and he didn't know what to do. And then finally he came home and caught her undressed and in bed with his dad's best friends. And then this guy takes him and throws him against the wall and said, you say a word about this. 
and and you'll regret it. So he's, he has to keep this inside. Then finally, his father figured out what everybody else already knew. But instead of the father going after his wife and taking it, he went after the son because he knew she loved that son so much. And so he just poured it out just on this. Well, so this guy gets married. The son? The son gets married. Marries a wonderful gal. Looks like it's going to be a great story. Next thing you know, he doesn't want her styling her hair. Doesn't want her wearing makeup. Wants to pick out all of her clothes. Frumpy. No style. Can't in any way indicate your, your shape or your, your figure or anything like that. And, and then they ultimately, he gave her a gift of a day timer, day planner. And he said, let's keep track of how we spend our days. And then once a week, we'll exchange these and we'll just talk about it. And she said, you don't have to do that. I don't care about, you know, you're fine. Well, that wasn't about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's her. And ultimately, finally, she, you know, he was, she was just being smothered by this. And ultimately, she ends up in the arms of somebody else. The very thing he was trying to avoid. His fear was so controlling him and controlling the situation, and it, it suffocated blew it all up. her. I mean, that's usually what happens, whether it's in a marriage or with your kids. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, Tim, you might remember this because we're both old enough to remember decades ago when I came to Christ. I was a junior in college. I had been in rock bands my whole life. I'm trying to walk with Jesus and be on fire, and mm-hmm. I am. And I find out the church says rock and roll music is of the devil and literally said any music that has the two and four beat causes you to sin. Specifically, you're going to want to get Sexually. frisky. So I'm a, I'm a guitar guy, guy. Yeah. Just listen, I want to walk with Jesus. And by the way— I've heard him. He's a very guitar. Well, <laughs> you know what I did? Guy. You probably don't even know this. I'm want to follow Jesus. I sell oh. all my guitars. Please don't tell me it was like a, a Gresh or a, a really high end oh, Gibson. Or I had a couple of nice guitars. I oh. took them to a store and sold them on consignment. My mm-hmm. mom, I still living at home. My mom went with me. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm mm-hmm. like, I, "This music's evil," mm-hmm. and I've been playing it my whole life. I look back now because you know what I did? I went and got them all back like oh, a year good. later when I realized, wow, they were just trying to control. That was toxic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, was. is there music that can be harmful? Yes. Yeah. Does it have two and four beat? It has all kinds of beats. Yeah. <laughs> look, just two and look, four. Everything, everything has a good use and a bad use. Mm. Right. Cars are wonderful vehicles to get around in, but that you can run over somebody yeah. if you're mad enough. But music is music. Right. I would rather... If I were your parent or some, someone leading a church, rather than say, oh, just go yeah. into the rock world and no, no boundaries, no yeah. boundaries. No, no, that doesn't make any sense. But teach you how to walk through that. Right. Mm-hmm. With and I'm God's spirit another, leading you. Number of kids probably left the church because yeah. of that wrong theology is, yeah. is scary because that's what high control does. Yeah. So that's one of the why reasons. That's toxic fear. fear. What's yeah. another one? Toxic anger. Mm-hmm. Toxic rage. A lot of things could cause this. Maybe you had perfectionist parents or your parents divorced or you went through a divorce or you had some cruel treatment by an ex-spouse. You have a crippling illness or a terminal illness, inequities at work, name it, killer gossip, being heavy in a thin world, being average in a smart world. Uh, I could go on, being single in a partnered world, uh, young in an adult world, being old in a young world. (laughs) All these things can get the best of us. 
and, and abuse of any kind. These can cause anger and rage. And then it just spills over naturally into how do I compensate for this? How do I protect myself from this? And the next thing you know, we're slipping over the boundaries in relationships with the people we love and assuming the right to make decisions that aren't ours to call. Mm. I remember walking out in the garage one day. This was we're pretty young in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And Dave is yelling. Do you really have to bring this up? So <laughs> I know what you're going to talk it goes about. With I, his point. I am embarrassed about Go, that moment. He is kicking the lawnmower and <laughs> screaming so well, loud. Come on, it wouldn't start. Isn't that what you do? Well, that helps. Uh, yeah, that always gets it going. You just <laughs> kick it and it starts on this. I think he, I cast out a demon too. <laughs> but he went through this anger period in our marriage that I said, I can't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes such a big thing and you become so enraged. I've stopped talking to mm-hmm. you. And I give you credit, Dave, because you thought, she's right. I need to look into where this came from. I mean, from. I couldn't, you know, as as crazy as it sounds from that example, that was just one of many. I didn't even see it. Yeah. You know, that I had this anger. And when she said that, I'm like, I've got to get to the root of this, which I did over years. But that was part of mm-hmm. what was going on in my life. Well, when... um Darcy and I met when we were in high school, and she became she was came from a family where they they weren't you know God was not a, a a part of their conversation or anything, and I came up in a family where we went to church all the time and and all, but she came to Christ. Well, then we started dating. We were apart from each other for two years. I was in college, and we wrote each other. In uh, two years, several hundred letters were written. Mm-hmm. Well, we still had them all. Well, I went and I I scanned them all during the COVID isolation thing, yeah. put them all in order. And with our 50th anniversary coming up, I, I thought, I'm going to go back and read all these things. Wow. It's so kind of sweet. The, and it's been, it's just been uh, the most amazing trip back in time. We have a And to see how God was working in our lives and, 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 the, and all. But in, in one letter, she said, Tim, I got it. We got to deal with something. It's your temper. Mm-hmm. And and it's just unpredictable. And when it comes out, it frightens me so much and so forth. And I so deeply loved this girl and I cared about her. And I was thought, you know, but she lived at the base of Mount St. Helens and her family with her father. Mm-hmm. And, he, he, you know, he, he was a control broker. Mm-hmm. And rage and anger was just one. And when she saw even a, a smaller type of that thing in me, and when she showed me that, I mean, it just broke my heart that I was being that way. And I realized, yeah, I do. I, I can slip off the edge and 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 react. And so, uh, you know, I, I I was vulnerable with her, and I said, I I I don't want this to be a part of our life. If God's going to let our lives proceed. And we went to work on it. And, uh, you know, d- does it go away right away? No, you no. probably yelled at the weed, w- weed whacker. The next the week, you know? <laughs> but isn't it so sweet that God continues to transform yeah. us well, by the know, renewing of our mind? And I would add this, you know, because what you just said, I think is real important. You tell me if this is true, Tim. Yesterday, we talked about sort of the AA example of right. I'm Dave and I, I have a tendency to be high control. Right. I think if somebody also walks up to an alcoholic and says, I don't know if you know this, you have a drinking problem. Usually we get defensive and it's like, no, yeah. I don't. But when they see something and call it, yeah, you just said 
Darcy saw something and saw something in me. We yeah. both could have gone, what are you talking about? Yeah, or or gotten really angry yeah. And, and, yeah. and demonstrated exactly what they're saying and try and put them in their place. So would you say if somebody ever says to you, dude, I think you might have a control thing, mm-hmm. it's something we should lean into? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, assume they've got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just so much better off. Uh, toxic fear and toxic anger, I think, are— just fundamental causes us to try to protect ourselves, and and we we start to manipulate the circumstances as much as we can. I mean, even hearing you saying that makes me think. And you got some more to tell us. Just those two to start, and I, I can't wait to hear the rest. I would encourage you go to your spouse and say, "Hey, mm. do you see toxic fear in me? Do you see any toxic anger?" And listen, because they might. Identify something you can't even see. I think it'd be super brave to say, do you feel like I'm controlling? Because there was a time my kids and you would have all said yes, without a doubt. (laughs) And so I think that's a good question. But this next one, Mm -hmm. toxic shame. Yes. This is interesting to me. I want to talk about that. Well, toxic shame many times is where toxic fear and toxic anger will lead you to. But shame is the ultimate negative emotion out there. At the core of so many controllers' hearts is a sense of shame that I think blocks his or her ability to see themselves as anything but fundamentally and absolutely flawed. Yeah. Guilt says we've done something wrong. Shame says it's us who are wrong and that we're not good enough. I, I think uh, lifestyle shame is vulnerability out of control. And so you can see where this goes. I, uh, let me say it this way. I, I think shame is less about morality than conformity and acceptability or character. Uh, to be ashamed is to expect rejection, hmm. not so much because of what you've done, but because of who you are. It's an identity. But how does that lead to controlling? Well, I mean, just think about it. Example, I had a pretty close look at this family through my Teenage years and, and young married years, as we, we were friends with this family. And this father was just unbelievably harsh and uh, short-fused and domineering. and dict- It was just, just a nightmare. And because I think I had no choice but to interact with his family, I'm just trying to be decent and nice. And by the way, he could be indifferent to me, but he never was able to pull his control stuff on me because I didn't let him. Then finally, finally, uh, after many years, he died. And after he's dead, his former wife, we crossed paths with her, and she tells us something that she was never allowed to say anything about while he was alive. And I'm thinking, well, you were divorced, so those those agreements are off. But yeah. anyway, she kept it. And that when he was a teenager, his mother had cheated on his father, and his father was so distraught over this that he hung himself. When she realized what she did to him, she ultimately killed herself. Ugh. And this is within a seven, eight-month period of time in a very small town. Mm-hmm. And so here you are, this teenager with two scarlet letters, and he was so utterly ashamed. But he did the ultimate mistake when it comes to this, is he said, let's conceal this and keep this a secret. No, you can't ever say a word to anybody, told his wife. Well, now that life just completely ran the show. Mm-hmm. And so much of what he was doing was trying to protect people from finding out who he is. And 
I'm different from a lot of the people out there. I think you guys would probably be on the same page with me. I always tell people, if you have something really, really bad, flip that card straight up. Yeah. Just put it out there. Yeah. Whatever it is in the past, just put it out. I don't care how bad it is. Just put it out there. Some people might reject you for it. There might be some reaction there. But after a while, people say, okay, it is what it is. Now let's move on. We say bring it into the light. Yeah. But family secrets always destroy. Hmm. And and they change people into controlling nightmares. And so shame is shame is a huge one. Hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be because because God sent his son to take our shame. Hmm. He, he actually says that in the scripture. And and he became our shame on the cross so that we wouldn't have to let that own us anymore. So you're saying with that one, because of our shame, we try to control our image. We try to control the fact that we're scarred and marred, but we don't want anyone to see that. And so we will go to any means to protect and control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That in fact, you, you you use one of the expressions I talk about in the book, image control. Mm-hmm. Is uh, and we're trying to present, especially. And, and um, un- unfortunately, sometimes our spiritual circles think that we've got to do this, be accepted, that we present ourselves as something that we're not. And we're dr- always trying to prop up this image of uh, our kids are just this and that. But the kids are living in that. Yeah. And they know the reality. Yeah. And and it's just a matter of time. And it doesn't need to be this way. Mm. There's ways out of this. Um and that's it, the beauty of the gospel. Yeah. That Jesus came to set us free. Right. Right. We, well, I was just going to ask if I'm listening right now and I'm identifying like, oh, toxic fear, toxic rage, toxic shame, whether it's a high level or there's, and I'm starting to sense, man, Tim is talking to me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? What mm-hmm. What's my next step? Well, um, we got to end the show with something hopeful yeah. for them. How do, how, do <laughs> yeah. they, how do they get victory? Yeah. There's a hilarious YouTube video of, um, Comic, I don't even know that he's still alive. A guy named Bob Newhart. Oh yeah, some of the older oh, listeners yeah, sure. will know who I'm talking about. And it's on Mad TV, and he's a counselor, and and he can come in, and and he he only charges a couple dollars for your session. It only takes about five minutes, and you tell him what's wrong, and and he says I can pretty much fix it every time, and, and wow, that's great. So she goes, starts unpacking all these crazy things, and she says, okay. Here, here's the solution. Stop it. <laughs> Dave, this is your style That's of counseling. That's my style of counseling right there. It's like, you don't need to pay me a dime. Yeah, and, Quit and, doing and, that. And, she, <laughs> and of course, she said, what, what, what do you mean stop it? Well, stop it. <laughs> and we think that a lot of the ways out of these things are very elaborate mm. and take years and years and years. And and look, there's a place for counseling. There's a place for therapy. There's Definitely. a place for a lot of this stuff. And and I and I don't believe that you know, this is a light switch that, you know, okay, i just going to stop it and everything. But somewhere we have to come to the mindset. You know, if, if you come into a doctor and you've had a two-by-four and you've been beating yourself in the head with it, and you got all this pain. I got these migraine doctor. And what's he going to tell you? Okay, first of all, let's stop hitting yourself in the head. <laughs> then we can start to repair the damage you've done. And and I think that we need to just recognize. I, I think recognizing that we're a controller. 
why we're controlling, whether it's toxic fear, toxic anger, toxic shame. I talked about toxic bondage, you know, it might be some addiction that's got the best of And even toxic strength. Sometimes the reason is not necessarily a bad thing that's doing it, it's just that what we're good at is overshifted. Mm-hmm. And any strength pushed to an extreme is going to become a liability in a right. relationship. Right. So those those five things are causing just knowing mm. that, that that's there. And, and, and we realize we had a God who sent his son yes. to deal with our fears, to deal with our angers, to deal with our shame, to deal with our bondages, and even to show us how to maintain equilibrium in the gifts that he's given us so that they don't become liabilities. And as we go there, I think it puts us in such a a free position to be open to the counsel of friends, uh, the honesty of a spouse or children. We we did a thing in our family with our kids. We introduced a thing we called "What's Your Beef Night," because we knew. You know, we're imperfect parents. I would ask our kids that, too. Tell me what's bugging you. And so they would order whatever they want off the menu, and they could go around, and they could say anything that Darcy or I had done or said that either ticked them off or embarrassed them or whatever. Now, they couldn't say things like, you made me go to school or made me do my homework. (laughs) You know, they they knew we're not talking about that stuff. But they could say, and here's the rule for us. We were only allowed to do one thing, and that's, own it and ask for forgiveness. Mm. Ask for forgiveness. Don't for get so defensive. Sorry. Yeah. Because if we'd have tried to put it in context or give, put it, you know, well, yeah, but you didn't, then they said, this game is fixed. You're not going to change anything. You know, I'm part of a generation of people that grew up that often you would hear them say, I never once heard my parents admit yeah. Yeah. they did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to flip that one yeah. and be the generation where they do. I, I think... You know, what you just said, Tim, is as you walked us through toxic fear and rage and bondage and shame and strength, that's the first step because you can't fix a problem until you identify and, yeah. and, and some light bulbs are going on. Step two is, and you've said it, ask God for help. I want to change this. Step three is ask people in your life to identify when they exactly. see it. Like, honey, I'm really trying to stop this. Yeah. If you see me slipping there, would you call me out on it? Because I am obviously don't see it. If you really want to change, that's going to help you say, today's well, the day think, I stop it. it. That's how medicine works. The ultimate solution to your problem is an accurate diagnosis. Yeah. Because once we know what's wrong, then okay, we got a lot of ways we can go after this thing. Yeah, let's fix it. You're listening to David Ann Wilson with Tim Kimmel on Family Life Today. Stick around because Ann's got some words of encouragement for you in just a second. But first... We'd love to send you a copy of Tim Kimmel's book called The High Cost of High Control, How to Deal with Powerful Personalities. It's our thanks to you when you partner financially today with us and help more families hear conversations just like the one you heard today. You can give online at familylifetoday.com or by calling 800-358-6329. That's 800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. All right, here's Anne. Well, and I'm just going to add the scripture that came to my mind was James 5.16 that says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that first person would say, Go to the Father because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Right. Talk to Him. 
confess to him, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's happened to me. This is the shame I'm carrying. And then confess it to your husband or someone safe Mm -hmm. that you can say, like, I think I need help in this area. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's humility. And to me, that's the gateway to to being uh, on the receiving end and a conduit of God's grace on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe you're asking yourself, am I a high controller? Or maybe, how can I know if the people around me are highly controlling? Well, tomorrow, Dave and Ann are joined again with Tim Kimmel to talk about how to identify who the high controllers are in your life. That's tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. On behalf of David Ann Wilson, I'm Shelby Abbott. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life, a crew ministry, helping you pursue the relationships that matter most.